Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Hello, Island friends. Let me tell you about Tim Eccles. Mr. Tim loves Georgia and helped keep our rates low. He knows everything about energy and has led by example. I hope you listen to his radio show called Energy Matters. Join me in supporting Tim. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill, using technology wisely, and living a more sustainable life. Hey, this is Tim Eccles, and we are celebrating Earth Month, Earth Week, Earth Day uh, on the show today. And as we kick off, I'm on the road. I'm down in Johns Creek, uh, right on the Chattahoochee River, uh, and I'm looking at a Bluebird electric bus standing with me, my buddy, Ann Blair with the Electrification Coalition. How exciting is it? to see more and more of these EV school buses being manufactured. It's awesome. We have a great opportunity to reduce emissions from our school bus fleet and protect kids' health, and it's exciting to be here today for Earth Day to highlight the benefits of this technology and also highlight the the money that's now available uh, through the bipartisan infrastructure law. There's $5 billion that's going to help electrify school buses across the country, And we're just excited to celebrate that and um, what that means for kids' health and for our environment and for our economy. So Bluebird, who's with us here today, they are the only EV bus manufacturer in Georgia. So it's a great, you know, opportunity to highlight Georgia's own EV industry here in the state. I shared the stage with EPA Region 4 Director Daniel Blackman the other day at an event. And uh, he was talking about how school buses uh, spend about half of their life idling. Uh, And how important is it not to having any tailpipe emissions if your bus is sitting there, maybe with kids in it, maybe not, but if the wind is down and the fumes are coming in or if if the bus is idling, say, in the wintertime right there on the curb and the kids are standing there waiting on their bus, they're sucking in a lot of carbon monoxide. Yeah, you know, that's right. Um, When I started working on reducing emissions from school buses nearly 20 years ago, um, there was not the option for an electric at that time. We were really focused on um, adding diesel particulate filters and other devices to to the buses because we had done some research. um, Actually, we, we did it with DeKalb County, measuring emissions inside the school buses, and it was just phenomenal the amount of emissions inside that bus but you don't have that those emissions coming at all from an electric bus Um, so it it is a massive improvement for for the health of kids um, and through the reduction of those emissions and our ev brain trust meets down at cox automotive's pivot facility on metropolitan parkway and um, that used to be Stewart Avenue, and it used to be a car auction, and our family used to own it. We sold it in 1989 to Cox. But when I was 11 years old, I sold peanuts there. I parched the peanuts. I bought them at the farmer's market, and I walked around in the auction barn, and cars were coming through there, and we didn't make those cars turn off as they were being auctioned. And there was one little fan vent at the top, and all of my family had and continue to have headache problems. And so we were Goody's headache powder people, BC headache powder people, because we were getting a lot of carbon monoxide, and it does cause you to have a headache and probably a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, some of the biggest problems in terms of the emissions are the the particles, the particulate matter from buses, um, which is 
what you often you know see you know puffing out the the tailpipe of many of the diesel buses and those particles you know bypass your upper respiratory system can get lodged in your lungs and cause a lot of significant health problems exacerbating asthma causing those headaches and then ultimately even more severe you know impacts with you know prolonged exposure so you know the sooner we're able to do that the sooner we're able to protect the kids you know they breathe in more air per pound of body weight than we do as an adult so it's they're particularly vulnerable to the impacts of uh, the particulate matter um, the nitrogen oxides and all the other um, uh, chemicals that are a part of diesel emissions it's been my goal i've been on the commission 11 years and i've been talking about this since i started the clean energy Roadshow. but seeing one day Atlanta not have to have emission stickers. And the reason we have emission stickers is because we are out of compliance with the Environmental Protection Agency because of the the, the air quality in our city. So you go to like Brunswick and you don't have to have a sticker. There's no place in Georgia except the metro uh, that you have to have a sticker. Do you think we could ever attain this? I absolutely do. We've already seen massive improvements over the um, you know past decade or two that I've been working on these issues. Um, you know, it, it transportation now is the number one source of, um, of emissions. Uh, power plants have subst- substantially reduced their impact. Uh, the transition to uh, renewable energy, which I know you've worked a lot on, that's really important to reduce emissions from all our sectors. And transportation right now, we have a huge opportunity um, to get more uh, EV cars on the road, get more uh, school buses, uh, transition our heavy-duty um, equipment, and uh, f- you know our freight freight trucks. Um, There's a huge opportunity now and the technology is here. Uh, We just need to get it in more hands, um, reduce the, you know, overall battery cost of that uh, to make it accessible to more people. A lot of people maybe just coming to the environmental movement, maybe they see solar as the end all and everything, but countries like Germany and states like California they have now moved to this focus that you're talking about, decarbonizing transportation. They've maxed out solar on the grid and, and, and wind, and, and, and they've got other issues they're dealing with with reliability. But, but they have clearly recognized that most of the pollution now is coming out of tailpipes. And anything that they can do in those states and countries and i would say the same is true for us in the atlanta metro anything we can do to move to move away from tailpipe emissions will help our air quality oh absolutely um a lot of those other states are implementing new standards for uh, both light duty cars but also uh, medium and heavy duty trucks uh one of one of the policies that is getting a lot of adoption across the country is advanced clean truck rule which is a, a a california policy that states can adopt and essentially it helps uh drive uh increased adoption of uh, electric vehicles in that state with some manufacturer requirements um, for that. So, um, and then there's also uh, the medium and heavy duty standards. EPA is considering um, some new tailpipe standards for medium and heavy duty vehicles. Um, they had some hearings just last week. Uh, so there's a you know a lot of opportunity just to, for continual improvement um, of you know vehicles in the um, yeah in the transportation sector. So, and you know there's also a lot of uh, resilience opportunities. So I know, you know, you as a utility commissioner are currently evaluating the uh, Georgia Powers Integrated Resource Plan. Electric buses, for example, have a great, you know, opportunity to provide some grid services um, as we increase the number, you know, on the road. So that that's something that, you know, I would hope that, you know, over the next few years will, you know, increase in interest and get some additional uh, vehicle to grid, vehicle to building um, opportunities to help provide during natural disasters. Yeah, this vehicle to grid, for those of you, maybe you haven't had an EV and you don't know exactly what we're talking about here. We recently featured Con Ed, the New York utility, who had done a pilot for a couple years with their E-Lion buses made in Montreal. They were fully electric. Uh, and there was only three buses they tested, but they were they were charging these buses and then putting the energy back on their grid, the Con Ed grid, in an effort to kind of study 
Now, how does this impact the battery? What overall benefit does it give? And I mean, they've, they've been way ahead of us on this. And uh, But I really think with the Ford F-150 being able to plug into a house, and now I just saw yesterday that Kia, the Telluride, is going to be electrified with a vehicle-to-grid option. So, I, I mean, I don't think it's prime time. I think there's still a lot that we've got to learn about this, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is a lot more to learn about it. A lot of the programs in this space, you know, are, very, are, are pilot programs. We need to study, understand what the benefits could be, but it's showing a lot of potential. Um, and we're excited uh, to see a lot of these utility programs working in partnership uh, with, with the school bus manufacturers, with the school systems and others to evaluate that opportunity. So, I know some of you out there listening, you know, you're not big EV fans or whatever. I've heard from you. But what we're talking about here is the ability for this electric vehicle to essentially be a generator, a generator at your house uh, that that your house, uh, your inverter would would tap into when you needed it. And frankly, most little power blinks, they're only, I mean, we're talking minutes. Uh, We're not talking about we're not talking about days and days of being out of power. So uh, I really think that as we perfect this and that these vehicles have a chance to serve that generator function. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, with school buses, the fact that they sit most of their life, um, they have that opportunity to provide some of that, you know, additional backup, particularly, you know, in in times of disaster. Um, There's a lot of planning and um, things that that will go into that, but it is a big opportunity. When we come back, more about the school buses. I'm going to talk about the school bus race that I had a chance to participate in and how my bus was able to beat another bus. We're going to talk about other things going on on Earth Day. We're going to talk about the Electrification Coalition that Ann worked with as well as the EV Club of the South. So stick around. We've got more great Earth Day programming for you. This is Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. You want to make your car, boat, jet ski look really cool? Use my friends at Jim Wrap. That's G-E-M Wrap. Just go to Facebook and put in Jim Wraps and you'll see what I'm talking about. Hey, Tim Eccles here, host of Energy Matters. Solar's growing like crazy in Georgia, and I certainly say buyer beware. It's great to have companies like Creative Solar USA on the job. Russ, why do folks need to reach out to you? Tim, we're going on to our 14th year, and we have the best staff and most experienced installers in the state to get the job done right. You can find out more at creativesolarusa.com or call 770-485-7438. That's creativesolarusa.com. BMVW is the place in Metro Atlanta to get your used hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or fully electric car. They're located on the south side near the airport, but it is well worth the drive. Go online to look at their inventory at ev-hybrid.com and set up a time to see the vehicle or even drive it for up to three days. I don't know of anywhere else in Metro Atlanta that you can do that. That's ev-hybrid.com, the best deal in town. ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, Tim Eccles back with Ann Blair uh, over here at a, uh, I guess, a this is kind of a federal park, right? Uh, it is. This is part of the Chattahoochee uh, National Recreation Area. Yeah, so we're in Johns Creek, Duluth, right on the Chattahoochee River. We're looking at a Bluebird electric bus and at the Clean Energy Roadshow in Savannah. Now, you know, I'm totally against street racing. Uh, Let me just go ahead and make that clear to everybody. But we had a Bluebird bus. I do have a CDL 
uh, so I can drive these buses. Uh, and and, and the, we had the Montreal E-Line there. And so we were going from the Georgia Tech facility and over to the port fueling center where there's going to be EV chargers, CNG, traditional diesel and gas pumps. It's a pretty cool place. Um, and we were on highway, I guess that's highway 21. Uh, and it just so happened, and this was spontaneous, just so happened that the two buses were beside each other at a red light. And we had kind of talked about this earlier, wondering which bus was faster. And now understand that these buses are zero to 60 and maybe 15 or 20 seconds. It takes a long time. But Anne, I'm telling you, the Bluebird bus with me at the wheel, uh, that I was able to reach 60 miles an hour three bus links ahead of that Canadian bus. I mean, how about that? <laughs> that That's pretty impressive. I mean, because with diesel buses, it is a lot longer than 15 <laughs> seconds. There's a lot you've got to chug. So uh, they're, uh, electric buses, electric vehicles in general have great torque. So um, I, I, I don't condone that behavior of racing buses, but I, I think that is a, uh, a fun story. Now I had my seatbelt on, and I, I, there were no children in the bus. Uh, you know, so this this was you know an industrial experiment, and we did not go over the speed limit. We stopped when we hit the actual speed limit. So we're just talking about we're just talking about acceleration potential, yes. right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, just and and it's exciting. I mean, it, it's exciting. I think that it's um, it's you know it's cleaner ride for kids. You know, you have. Uh, one of the things that we learned when we were doing some emissions research is a lot of the the pollution does happen in that initial startup and not having that in a uh, you know electric bus and poofing in the the windows the doors um it's just a great benefit to kids so okay so i've had my true confession and and we're we're standing here by your chevy volt and i have a chevy volt here today i also have a nissan leaf but i'm in my volt today because i had to take my daughter to the airport earlier and come back out here and i'm going to the marta uh, bus ribbon cutting today but and let me honestly ask you has there been a red light that you've pulled up to where you said you know what i'm going to show this gas engine next to me just how quick my car will accelerate tell the truth oh absolutely absolutely and you know when i had a nissan leaf as well that's when i really um saw the benefits and I, i i did that on a number of occasions yeah absolutely Okay, so maybe you guys out there, you've been at a red light with an EV, uh, a Tesla, God forbid, a Tesla Plaid, if you, you know, that will outrun a Corvette or, uh, you know, any Porsche other than maybe the Taycan. Uh, but these, these EVs, and they have some incredible torque. Oh yeah, they're um, they're fast, they're fun. I mean, that's one of my favorite things to talk about driving electric vehicle, and you know, I lo- I like to talk about that because it's still I think a bit misunderstood about the capability of electric vehicles. Some people still think they're like slow go karts, but this is amazing technology that I think a lot of people um, should and you know are excited about. And I just encourage anybody if you haven't driven an electric car yet to go go test drive one. Um, they they are exciting. They're real cars. They um, they have um, no emission, no tailpipe emissions. So they're a great benefit just in terms of fun to drive, reducing your costs, um, and providing, um, you know, a better environment for all of us. And you and I have a, a Volt, uh, but these trucks are coming. These F-150s, these Rivians, these Silverado. You've been seeing the Silverado advertised. It's advertised on the Super Bowl. What impact do you think electric trucks are going to have in Georgia with Republicans in particular, uh, or do you think it's not going to really matter, uh, and and how will this help the overall EV adoption? It's a game changer. Um, We need more vehicle options to get more people in this technology, so I think, you know, the the Ford F-150s, the the Rivian trucks, and all the other EV uh, manufacturers and traditional manufacturers that are now have made commitments to go electric it's 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 going to be huge to reducing those emissions we talked about a little bit earlier improving the air quality in our in urban areas or you know anywhere where you're going and particularly 
um, you know, that the heavy duty sector as well. So we were just talking about the light duty trucks, but the medium and heavy duty trucks and the increase in freight that we're seeing, reducing emissions from those vehicles um, is going to be huge in terms of reducing our, you know, emissions and reducing our oil dependence. Um, so we, we spend billions of dollars every year to import oil. And our organization, the Electrification Coalition, um, our, our mission is to re- reduce our oil dependence in the transportation sector because it really is a national security imperative. We've seen that with some of the international issues going on now. It's just really important that we, uh, we reduce our dependence on, on oil for those national security as well as air quality environmental benefits. I mean, you and I are talking about, you know, pollution and asthma and particulate matter. The advertisers aren't advertising that. They're advertising the fun part, the autonomous part, the big monitor part, the comfort part, the torque part. Uh, So what is it that's going to get people to adopt these cars? Do you think it's going to be this kind of cool stuff that's, that's being placed on the commercials or do you think it's going to be more the geeky stuff that you and I are talking about? I think it's going to need to be all because we need to appeal to all different types of people. You know, the early adopters were people who were either really excited about new technology what had, you know, started making their own EVs um, you know, on their own before there were commercially available ones. And then there um, was the, the folks who were concerned about the environmental and air quality benefits. But I think now to get to mainstream we need to appeal to the interests of a broader audience. So that includes, you know, the economic benefits, the fast, the fun, the, um, you know, all of it. So I think uh, we need uh, to share those that multitude of benefits and, um, you know, use the messaging that's most appropriate for um, the audience that you're talking with. Just a couple more minutes as we wrap up and uh, we're going to be getting started here um, at this Earth Day event. Tell us a little bit about the Electrification Coalition. Yeah, so the Electrification Coalition, we are a national uh, nonprofit organization. As I mentioned a moment ago, our mission is to re- for the mass deployment to promote the mass deployment of electric electric vehicles to reduce dependence on oil in our transportation sector. Um, and so we do that through advancing policy as well as doing direct uh, assistance and implementation programs to help fleets transition uh, to electric vehicles. So we do, do a lot of that one-on-one technical assistance with you know the county school systems or with corporations looking to transition uh, to electric, help them do that analysis and figure out what the options are, are for them. And then also so, yeah, as I mentioned before, very uh, interested in helping support state and local policy um, as well as federal. What is technical assistance? I mean, would a county like down in rural Georgia, maybe they didn't have as much money, would they benefit more from it? What, what is it exactly? Well, I, I think everybody can benefit, but there, you know, s- some folks who, you know, understand the technology better than others. So, and for us, technical assistance is walking in them through the, the, the technology, what the options are, evaluating their current fleet, and evaluating which b- buses should be um, that they have in their fleet or their vehicles, which one should be replaced sooner than later, and if there are specific use cases and an electric option to serve that use case. So um, we we kind of go through the details of that with the fleets. So that's what we um, we do in terms of our technical assistance work. In just a minute left, uh, you uh, were the EV advocate of the year a couple years ago because of your leadership with the EV Club of the South. Tell us a little bit about the club and when it meets. Yeah, uh, EV Club of the South's been around for um, over 20 years now. Um, it is an enthusiast group of, of folks who are, you know, excited about electric vehicles. Many people in the club own EVs. Many don't. They're just interested in learning about the technology. And um, and so the club meets the third Wednesday of every month at Manuel's Tavern on North Highland in Atlanta. Um, it's open to anybody interested in learning more about EVs and seeing new EVs that are coming to market. So encourage folks to check out the EV Club of the South group page on Facebook. That That's where we're most active. Just one more question. You and I are both driving plug-in hybrids. And my daughter, I took her to the airport early, early this morning. And one of the things we were talking about, because she's been driving my Volt back and forth from Houston to Athens, where she works. And 
she said, Dad, I get there and I've got, because we were looking for chargers on PlugShare, uh, and there wasn't anywhere within a, a mile of where she, she is. So she said, Dad, I get there and I have about half of my energy left. And then I, I head back home and I only use four miles on the generator. I'm driving every day about 95% on electric. There's nothing wrong with these plug-in hybrids as a beginner car, is it? No, I don't I don't think so. And I think for a lot of people, it, you know, is more comfortable to know because you're familiar with, you know, having uh, ga- gasoline and filling up. Um, but I, as you know, a, a plug-in hybrid driver, I drive, yeah, more than 90% on all electric because my, um, I don't drive more than 40 miles a, a day. And so, um, it's just a great, great benefit. Thanks for being on Energy Matters today, this Earth Day. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. Stick around. We'll be back with some more Earth Day programming in just a minute. You're listening to Energy Matters. Logan Booker here, producer of Energy Matters, and I want to tell you about the Advanced Power Alliance. For more than 20 years now, the Advanced Power Alliance has been leading the energy transition in America's traditional energy states. They advocate for wind energy, solar power, and energy storage, all while partnering with traditional resources to ensure that America has abundant, affordable, cleaner energy to power our homes, our lives, as well as our economy. With the growth of solar and advanced storage and power generation technologies, every state now has the opportunity to be a leading energy state. Advanced Power Alliance is proud to partner with the Georgia Large Scale Solar Association and work with the Public Service Commission, Georgia Power, and their customers as Georgia continues to be one of America's leading renewable energy states. You can learn more about the Advanced Power Alliance at poweralliance.org. That's poweralliance.org. Tim Eccles from Marlin Gas Services. In addition to supplying natural gas in emergency situations, Marlin Gas Services provides temporary fuel supply during planned pipeline maintenance and other scheduled outages, or to help customers meet code compliance. Customers include large companies, utilities, commercial businesses, industrial facilities, and even the Weston Hotel and Convention Center in Savannah when that pipe was busted under the Savannah River. Visit MarlinGas.com to learn more. That's MarlinGas.com. Hey, Tim Eccles back here on our Earth Day special sitting inside the Bluebird electric bus with Sam Ham of Bluebird. Wow, this is such a big bus. This is this flat nose bus and seems like this thing might seat 40 or 50 people. Well, uh, the bus is designed when you got three students to a seat, which would be your young ones, the elementary ones, is actually designed to, to uh, transport 84 students so yeah when you when you take that back to adults and we got uh, two to a seat yeah you're back up to the 48 thereabout uh give but yeah this is our largest bus uh bluebird we happen to be the only ones to produce the flat nose bus in 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 electric at this point so to me it's the perfect vehicle for what electric is all about because you have high density stops and normally they're close to schools we can make runs and routes without that worry of not having enough power to get there. Battery anxiety, those type things. So it's just perfect for that type application in our school districts. And I think in Georgia, we're getting a lot of interest in that as we go out across the state and talk to our school districts to try to educate them on, on where electrification will work for them, uh, how it'll work for them, and then want to make sure that we do everything so that we're ready when a bus pulls up, they can charge and do the things they need to do to make sure that uh, we're ready to go. Yeah, in the EV world, a car world, we would call that range anxiety, right. uh, but <laughs> but certainly battery anxiety, you know, fits it. Let me ask you, as you are talking with the school system, is it first the route planner? Is there a route planner? And obviously, they're the, they're going to have to chime in on this because you got to pick the right routes to make it work and then do you do you eventually wind up in front of a school board right now our charge has been to go out and i want to educate or what i would call educate the district the the transportation um directors because they're the ones and as i'm talking to them i challenge them i said no depending on your county or your district uh 
every just as you said earlier you have routes that this fits every district in the state of georgia has short type high density routes that works now whether that's 20 percent of your district or 80 percent of your district you as a transportation director are the experts within your district so you make that judge and, and once you make that kind of judge and that call you ought to be able to say okay then x amount of buses based on that percentage is, is right for electrification for our district at this time yeah so if you're just joining us i'm talking to sam ham from bluebird bus located in fort valley georgia uh, sam a lot of folks never been to fort valley georgia off i-75 it's not too far off 75 but you got quite a plant down there we do um, make a lot of buses we're the only bus manufacturer uh that that is really designed for a school bus we we build it from from uh chassis up to do our uh to make a school bus and so that's what we uh, work with we sp- we're we're good at it and we are the leading uh manufacturer in this country on alternative powered school buses we lead it in the propane power we've got over twenty five thousand deployed across this country and we lead it even in electric as we have uh, over a thousand buses now deployed across the country that are in school districts now yeah, I live near Gainesville. I live in Houston, and I know that Gainesville system has uh, your buses up yes. there as maybe one of the largest systems. Yes, Gainesville, uh, Hall County, yes. They, they are uh, heavy into our propane, and, and as we like to say, when you're uh, out there and, and the big secret on, on a bluebird, if you see the green bird there, you know that it's, it's propane. If you see an electric cord out the back, you know it's, a, it's an EV, but, but green is, is the uh symbol on our our buses and i'm proud to say that that those buses today meet and or exceed 2027 carb emission standards so any district uh today that gets into whether it's propane with a low emission uh, you've met the 2027 standards forget 2024 we've already exceeded 2027 standards and of course with electric is a zero emission so you're, you're good to go you know, as we think about the infrastructure bill, we think about pandemic, we think about a lot of schools that maybe have decreased budgets. How important is getting some assistance, financial assistance, um, a grant, something like that, to closing the deal on an EV bus? Oh, it's paramount. And right now, uh, most all districts, we're, we're all sitting here waiting to find out what's going to be the amount per bus allocated in that first wave, which will be the rebate uh, scenario from EPA. You know, we know there's $250 million allocated for electric and then $250 million allocated for alternative fuels, which uh, in a school bus reality that that really fits uh, most districts would be a propane uh, powered bus. So, um, again, there's $500 million. as I understand it, no state will get more than 10%. Uh, so my quick math, I'm saying, well, Georgia, that should, we should be getting $50 million that we would be eligible for. So out there encouraging all of our school districts, as soon as we find out the, the amounts and they, they launch the things for the 90 days, apply. Just apply. And that way, then you can start planning on how we're going to do it. And we're going to come in to make sure that you are ready. You're uh, turnkey ready on this uh, alternative powered bus. And Blair, uh, in the earlier segment, was talking about the technical assistance that the Electrification Coalition is providing to counties. Because as you weave your way and make your way through grants, maybe you don't have a grant writer, maybe you haven't, maybe you've never driven an electric vehicle, you don't know the lingo, the charging situation maybe you haven't had the utility out to evaluate your bus depot there are things folks need to do right absolutely uh i'd like to say in one sense the easy part is getting the bus you know once you get the money getting the bus there's a lot more to it than getting the bus because you've got to know how are we going to power this bus electric how am i going to charge this bus propane how am i going to have fuel for this bus so that's when i talk about turnkey ready uh, for district to get in there and, and to uh, when those buses arrive I want the infrastructure in place for that district so they'll be good to go and ready to go first day that they have it for their students 
2019, uh, I came up with this idea for Make Ready for Georgia Power to be able to provide their best customers with uh, with wires, transformers, whatever they needed to be able to put the chargers in. This didn't cover the chargers themselves, but it, it went all the way to the stub. Uh, and there's been a lot of school systems and businesses and nonprofits uh that have taken advantage of this because we really didn't put any strings on it other than the fact that it couldn't be put at a dealership. Yes, and, and I think, again, uh, it, this wonderful program, uh, and for those districts that are in Georgia Power's territory, it is perfect. And, and what we're trying to do and what we're working on very diligently is solutions for districts because, as you said, uh, the make ready, okay, they've got the stubs. We've got to get the charger in there. And depending on what type charger is going to be right for that district, uh, we want to ensure that we have the charger and ready to go in place really at no capital outlay to that school district because that becomes very important. School districts plan on a capital outlay for buses. They don't plan on normally a capital outlay for that other part of infrastructure all their additional money it goes back to the classroom goes back to school buildings and things like that so we we're working diligently with partners to come in and to have those things in place again so when when that bus is delivered we're good to go so what about the bus driver that takes the bus home sometimes you know as i'm driving around rural georgia i see a bus parked in a person's yard uh it's it's almost like their take-home vehicle how do you handle that or is that just not a route suitable for electrifying it that's going to be on a case-by-case basis and depending on the type program that the district uh is working with you know at an at-home charger isn't a game changer per se and i think tim you drive an electric vehicle i know i drive electric vehicle so i have uh, an at-home charger, and, and it just wasn't that big of a deal or expense. So we have had that question come up, and some districts are pretty open to uh, making that available to to that park-out driver. Just a last minute here. Where can folks find out, see a picture of the Bluebird bus? We're going to take a picture of this bus and put it on the um, Energy Matters Twitter feed at Matters Radio, but are there places they can go look at the specs and look at the range and and, and study up on it? You can go to uh, Bluebird's website uh, and find out specifications, et cetera, at Yancey Bus Sales and Service, which is the Georgia dealer who I'm an employee of. We certainly have uh, information available uh, for our, you know, anybody that wants to look, but definitely for our district. So, that, again, that they the transportation departments understand what kind of specifications are are necessary uh, for for these buses, you know. And last but not least, uh, every bus that we deliver in the state of Georgia, no matter the power uh, system, has to have has to pass that pretty stringent uh, Georgia specifications on building a school bus. So you know, we, we're we're making sure that we're there and and everything matches and meets up so that we're within what we need to do for when we deliver the bus to the schools. Hey, thanks for being on Energy Matters today, and good luck with your effort to sell these electric buses. Thank you so much. It's great to be here and great to see you and talk with you. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. Stick around one more segment with Earth Day programming. I'm coming to you from the Chattahoochee River in a big Earth Day celebration here. We'll see you in the next segment. This is Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. 
Tim Eccles, host of Energy Matters, here with Jeff Pratt of Green Power EMC. Jeff, more and more EMCs are offering solar to their members, and you're seeing it grow like crazy across rural Georgia. Tim, you're right. Co-ops in Georgia are doing a great job of deploying solar across the state. In fact, they're leaders in the country with respect to engaging customers and deploying large-scale solar to benefit all their members. Hey, contact your EMC and ask them about their solar energy policy, or just Google Green Power EMC. This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. Hey, Tim Eccles back on Energy Matters. Actually, on the new MARTA electric bus with Collie Greenwood. We just finished the exciting kind of ribbon cutting opportunity. How cool is it that MARTA now has these great electric buses? It's fantastic, Tim, and, and thank you for doing this. Uh, I, first of all, I re- really want to thank you for being here and joining in the festivities. Your speech today was really riveting, really galvanized folks around the importance of electric transportation. And uh, it's important to us to know that the community supports MARTA's bid to lead the transition away from, uh, from fossil fuels. So, you know, it's a, it's a continuous journey. I like to say it's a, it's a never-ending journey. So the, the first step is so important in any journey. But on a, step, on a journey like this, it's just uh, words, words do not describe. You know, as we think about this new generation coming up of 20-somethings and 30-somethings, they are different than their parents and grandparents. They've grown up with more technology, uh, more innovation, and I think they are expecting us to do more creative things like this. And we need that. We need them to demand more of us, as every generation has in the past. I'm very proud of this upcoming generation. You're right, they're technologically savvy, but somehow many of them are so rooted and grounded in, in nature and and sustainability and green thinking and I'm really proud of of, you know the collective inspiration that this group has provided so yes and and not to mention the fact that that's our next generation of riders so if we can give them technology that they're proud of that feeds their desire to take care of this planet then it's a win-win. Yeah, we're on the bus now, and we're this bus will have a duty cycle, I think, from here to the North Avenue Transit Station and back. Uh, it'll run 20 hours. It's got the ability to, to be charged overhead. That is the latest technology. It absolutely is. And, and when you talk about technology, I, you know, I keep reminding folks that technology grows in leaps and bounds. So, yes, catenary charging is, uh, is the latest in terms of fast charging and, and battery capacity. But who knows what's next? And so Marta's taking this very methodically. We're starting with six. We're gaining, uh, gaining uh, information and, and, and experience with the technology. And we're quite prepared to expand and move where technology takes us. And people look at an agency like MARTA, and they may base their own decision to get an electric vehicle on the fact that MARTA has taken the leap and MARTA's leading the way. Absolutely. When you think about the, the daily load that a transit vehicle carries and up these hills and through the, through the various humidities and temperatures that MARTA, that MARTA uh, serves its public, I think as someone becomes more and more accustomed to the technology, if it's something that they see and use every day, then they can absolutely see it in their own garages and in their own driveways. And why not? It's better for the planet. And for MARTA riders, being able to to, to go to a station to plug into your own electric vehicle charger. My car's plugged in right now at your charge point charger. And then being able to hop on rapid transit and, and go to wherever you need to go, whether it's downtown or up north or to the airport, it's just a great option. It, you know, it's a collective desire to do better. And and folks like you that are plugging in their own vehicles at the MARTA station, jumping on MARTA, going to where they need to go, that just inspires me. That's the, that's the community that we're all working to serve and build. They say be the change. Well, that's exactly what we're doing. You're doing it. I'm doing it. And we hope everyone that's listening will jump in. You know, I've learned a lot from driving electric vehicles. You're in an electric vehicle as well. What have you learned through your personal experience? I hope I don't go off track here, but growing up, 
my my idea of the ideal car when I was 21, 22 years old was I wanted four tailpipes sticking out of the back of that thing. I wanted it to look powerful. And today, I've got a beautiful little electric vehicle that uh, has no tailpipe sticking out, and I've never been prouder. I've never been happier. It's quiet. It's smooth. It accelerates like the, the you know the, the regular engines never could. The maintenance on it is a lot lighter. I just feel good about the fact that you know, I can go into a gas station if I want to, but I never, ever have to. And so just, you know, plugging that thing in at home or at work or wherever it is and knowing that I'm doing something for the community, something for the environment, and on an ongoing maintenance perspective, something from my own pocket, I, I think that's a, that's a win-win. Oftentimes, I think for a culture to adopt a disruptive technology or to move forward in innovation, it takes government agencies going first and, and, and leading the way where people can see it in public and you've got the ability from the institutional standpoint to try it. And was that part of MARTA's thinking in adopting innovative technology? Absolutely. MARTA's always considered itself, if the community will allow us to lead, we've considered ourselves leaders. And, uh, and like I said, I mean, we transitioned away from diesel to the extent that 75% of our fleet is now compressed natural gas. We recognize the value of sustainable energy. And this is just, you know, the next iteration of that kind of a commitment. But absolutely, I think, I think government entities and, and large organizations have a responsibility to demonstrate that, uh, that embracing this technology is the way to go. And, and if, if it turns out that the technology is not what we all expected, MARTA is open and transparent and the community will see that. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, we're part of a consortium led by CTE uh, where a number of transit agencies across America are dabbling with electric vehicles, some as many as 50 vehicles already to our six. And we're comparing notes, talking to each other. As recently as yesterday, the group showed up uh, and, and we had a meeting, uh, a full day meeting to talk about our experiences. Uh, I can tell you that everyone's still very positive, uh, very excited about what the future holds and committed to working together to bring this technology to the masses. You know, Martis led the way in other technologies. You mentioned the compressed natural gas, but you also had a large solar canopy uh, at your Laredo facility early on where buses could be parked out of the sun. And so it, it took less fuel to be able to cool those buses down because they were essentially pre-cooled under the canopy. Absolutely. We're, we, we continue to be proud of that. We're working with Clean Cities Georgia and a number of our other stakeholders to make sure that that kind of technology is celebrated and built upon. Uh, we, we're, we talk often about the success of our solar canopy and, and trying to continually expand the, the uses of solar canopy in, in terms of its applications day and night. You know, I don't, I don't want to move too quickly past the significant role that compressed natural gas has played in the MARTA fleet. If you go into a Home Depot or a Lowe's today, those forklifts are running either on methane or propane because when it is burned in an engine, it doesn't kill you uh, like other fuels would. And so you've done this at scale. We've got MARTA buses that are burning this very clean fuel and really uh, helping to lower the greenhouse gas emissions that we would otherwise have. And you guys have been doing this for decades. And, and we'll continue to do it. I mean, uh, you mentioned safety concerns. MARTA is safety first. It's safety before production. That's always been our mantra. Uh, and, and we will continue to make sure that all mitigations are in place so that, uh, so that this proven fuel and this proven technology continues to be uh, you know our, our our mode of choice so as you think about the future Marta under your interim leadership now who knows what lies ahead ridership had been down during the pandemic everything was down during the pandemic as as we're now kind of on the other side what are some of the things that that you're looking forward to some of the things that you feel like will happen in the future well, in the, in the near future, folks may be aware that MARTA's already piloting uh, MARTA Reach, which is an on-demand service for that first mile, last mile connectivity. We feel that if we can get our customers beyond that first mile, last mile, connect them to the fixed route system, that will increase ridership, that will uh, you know, add to the, uh, to the convenience of, of the customer journey. Uh, we're doing things like automatic fare collection 2.0. We're making sure that how you obtain fares and pay for your, for your ride is seamless and is something more 
more akin to the way people dial up anything they want on their on their personal cell phone. So we're we're keeping an eye on the future, making sure that we um, feed the desires of our current ridership, and always looking to those kinds of advancements and technologies that will encourage more riders to take Marta. Just a couple of minutes left in the in the show. I was in Switzerland in December and had a chance to. I always ride transit. You know, whenever I go to a different city or country, I like to compare. But they did have this technology that you were mentioning, and is that when I got on the bus or when I got on the train, the app, I was running their app, and it automatically knew where I was at and when I got off, and it charged me without me having to do anything. Is that kind of the future for fares uh, in transit? It ought to be. I mean, if it's convenient for the customer to the point where you can talk about that with pride, uh, then it's the kind of thing that we need to bring home. And I've always said, you know, Marta serves Atlanta. Atlanta is a world-class city. And if we're to be a world-class transit system, then we need to remain abreast of what other agencies and other cities around this world are doing. We'll benchmark against what they're doing, bring it home, make it our own, and and serve it to our public as best we can. You know, as we just finish up the show today, what advice would you have, what admonition would you have for maybe riders that had... You know that that hasn't they haven't been on a bus or a train in a while. Uh, what are some of the things they can look forward to? You know the, the things that have made Marta Marta over the years. The things that our our core riders will tell you is that safety, service, and reliability are key. So we're never going to lose sight of those mantras. Marta will continue to press on uh, in our best efforts to maintain maintain a safe system, a clean system, and a system that you can rely on. Beyond that, Marta's reaching out pardon the pun, but we're reaching out to our riders and and figuring out how we can better serve them. It's a new generation, new expectations of transit, micro transit, on demand, easier fares. Um, the, The future is full of expectation and these green buses are just one example of that. Um, if, if, I, if I leave the readers or if I leave the audience with one thing is if you haven't gotten on a bus lately, please get on a bus. Give us a chance. Come back to Marta. We're here for you. Well, this bus will go from the Edgewood Candler Park station over to North Avenue. You got cool things on both ends of this. Let me encourage you to test out this bus to ride a train experience marta thanks for your leadership and thanks for being on the show my pleasure thanks for having me hey this has been our earth day special thanks for tuning in to energy matters catch all of our back episodes at wgauradio.com on demand a cox media facility i'm tim eccles you've been listening to energy matters have a great weekend everyone Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. Gerd and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your one, two, or five dollar checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.